Welcome to the Data Guru Podcast. We're your hosts, Scarlett Burks and Laurel Wilhelm Volpe. We will trade off hosting duties this year to bring you a wide range of data experts discussing audience strategy, emerging trends, and practical ways to boost campaign performance. I'm Laurel Wilhelm Volpe, and on today's Data Guru podcast, we are talking about TV and what advertisers need to know and keep in mind to have successful campaigns. When I was thinking about this podcast, I remember hearing a speaker once reminisce about how friends and families used to gather around the campfire in the evening. Then the campfire evolved into a large glowing box in the living room around which friends and family gathered to watch their favorite TV show. Now, people still may gather around the TV, but more likely than not, there's more than one glowing box or screen they're paying attention to. Like much of the marketing and advertising ecosystem, TV is a channel that has exploded in all the possible ways to engage people. And here to help us make sense of this, I'm joined today by our favorite data guru, Linda Harrison, and our resident TV expert, Nick Carpino. Let's start with some introductions. Linda, why don't you kick us off? I'm Linda Harrison, and I am the data guru for Axiom. At Axiom, you get to name yourself, so I came up with a fun one. Hi, everyone, and I'm Nick Carpino, Senior Partner Manager at Axiom, covering all things TV. With an intro like that, this question is perfect for you, Nick. Let's start with some definitions around what uh, advertisers need to know about TV. Seems like alphabet soup anymore. Yep, and... The acronyms just keep coming. So I think when we think about TV, linear TV has been the traditional form of television advertising. It's a schedule that's already preset. So viewers are turning into a particular time, a particular channel at a particular time. And we're seeing the use of data evolve the TV landscape. So with data-driven linear TV, you give advertisers the ability to use data to inform that linear TV schedule. Same national TV approach, but you're using data to help derive which networks and day parts to better reach your advertiser's audience. For addressable TV, that's when you're leaning into that one-to-one targeting approach. So think your MVPDs like Comcast, DirecTV, and Dish. So you're leveraging that set-top box data, that one-to-one household match to laser focus on your audience. OTT, CTV, and FEP. They cover the gamut. It's an umbrella term for all things streaming. So this is just an approach where things are tied to the internet versus a hardwired cable, like your cable box. Yeah, you're you're going to have to dive into some of those acronyms for us. So let's go back to CTV and OTT. Are they the same thing? Can we use those interchangeably? And can you tell us what they stand for? Yeah, so I'd say from an advertiser standpoint, they're pretty much viewed as an interchangeable term. Um, CTV, OTT, etc. But when you're looking at CTV, this is specifically connected to a television. So it's an internet connected TV. So your smart TVs of the world, OTT could refer to any type of streaming content, whether you're watching on your tablet or through an OTT device such as a Roku. So what does OTT stand for? Over the top. Over Just the like top, baby. <laughs> That could be its own podcast right there. Any, But we're not going to go down that road, but maybe a future episode. So another little acronym, few acronyms that I hear about sometimes are AVOD and SVOD. So What's this, that? Yeah, so these ultimately just come down to ad-supported channels or subscription services. 
when you think of subscriptions, you think of Netflix, they're starting to roll out at supported tiers as well, but you're pretty much paying a cost to subscribe to this content ad free. Um, but when you look at some of these ad supported platforms like a 2B TV, the ads are what pays for the content. So you're ultimately still seeing your traditional 30 second or a pre-roll ad before you tune into the content across these ad supported channels. Yeah. Think of Hulu. Hulu has two tiers today where you could see ads or not see ads. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you for clarifying that. And so I'm curious with so many options, what challenges are advertisers seeing when they want to have a successful TV campaign? Yeah, so similar to the viewers' myriad of choices, this does create challenges for advertisers. So I would say fragmentation and limited standardization are the biggest factors impacting advertisers' trust when they look at CTV as a channel. And while it remains one of the fastest growing media types, I think Magna quoted around 30% year over year, because of this intersection between TV and digital, advertiser expectations don't always rely with the current state. So you may have expectations that you can do anything in digital that you can in CTV, or that CTV is a complete replacement for linear TV, but you're ultimately needing to balance a lot of things from cost effectiveness, reach, understanding your historical benchmarks. So when you're looking at the landscape and you're seeing Hulu, Roku, Tubi, Paramount, how do you consolidate your media spend to effectively reach your target audience? And I think that's the biggest challenge advertisers are facing today, especially as CTV continues to evolve to meet digital standards. This is where those challenges hit full front. But I think when we look at audiences, that's where advertisers continue to have control and remains that workaround solution in the interim as CTV reaches its digital prime. So that's really interesting. And it, it makes me think about all of the campaigns, Linda, that you work with our clients every day. And I know that you give a lot of data advice and audience strategies. So how does, and is there a play for third-party data here? Or in what advice would you give advertisers who are looking to find the right audiences for TV campaigns? When you think about What's in linear TV, everyone sees the same ad, regardless of where they are. I have zero interest in seeing baby diaper ads. But through the process of MVPDs, through OTT, CTV, you can, and data-driven linear, you can find pockets of the population that are interested in your product and service. And that's where data comes into play so that we can reach the right people for the right things, so I can see an ad for in-market for a vehicle instead of a national campaign for baby diapers. That makes a lot of sense. And leveraging the same, or reaching rather, the same audience across all media touch points is the holy grail. What does that mean to you, Linda, in terms of increased efficiencies, effectiveness, and also balancing that reach and frequency? Well, that's key, right? So we're finding the same audience across all of the media channels. So I'm reaching the same people that are in market for a vehicle on TV, email, direct mail, digital display, 
I can use that same audience, the same capabilities are available across the marketplace. So I'm consistently seeing the same ad. And that way you can also think about your attribution easier as well, because I'm not just somebody who came in from one channel, I've hit all the channels. And that way you just know that I'm in market and I'm the person you really wanna find, the holy grail of in market for a car. And not in market for diapers. But Nick, like how big do you think this advantage is to cohesively market and determine insights to inform future campaigns? Do you see it as big as I do? Definitely. I think it goes back to the fragmentation we're seeing across the media landscape, putting your audience at the forefront and the control that it can provide across all of your various media touch points truly enables that success and allows you to bring measurement into the fold to truly understand what is driving your brand's KPIs. I think when you have the same audience running across the board and you're cohesively measuring your campaigns, not only are you garnering a better understanding of your target audience, but you can define what works, what doesn't work, and enable more sound optimization from planning to activation into even how you approach your measurement framework in the future. With these learnings, you're truly able to utilize media dollars more effectively and efficiently and drive better results for your clients. In a similar vein, with the challenges around a lack of standardization across all of these channels, are there things on the horizon to help improve measurement, especially in terms of CTV effectiveness? Definitely. And I think as a data provider, that's what we're constantly tasked with of just bringing more data into the fold. So as data becomes more standardized across CTV, you're seeing less of a loss of rich data that's leveraging measurement to planning, et cetera. So in turn, with receipt of more exposure data, the opportunity to achieve kind of significant results and standardize with other digital channels only continues to improve. And beyond that, when we look at what's happening within CTV, the ACR partners across the board are ultimately enabling an open ecosystem unlike some of the walled gardens while there is some exclusivities occurring you are seeing a lot of collaboration across the marketplace from partners like openap and videoamp and ultimately in conjunction with kind of that consumer data that axiom has in-house you are able to link these disparaged data sets to create and establish that in-line comparison to other media channels. And ACR stands for? Automated content recognition. Um, so your TVs are tracking everything you do. Just check the settings. That's good to know. They know what you're watching and when you're watching it. So changing vein a little bit. And yes, Linda, I'm sorry, I'm stuck on diapers. You mentioned it. And now you've got me going down that path. So I'm thinking about audiences and we have a, a segmentation system that we use for audiences called Personics. I just want to bring it up. How do you see things like life stage determining TV strategies for advertisers? It's huge. It's really huge because so many products and services are based on age, income, presence and age of children. Do you own a home? Are you single or married? I don't go on as many singles cruises now that I'm married. The husband doesn't like that. That's my common joke for that one. But 
using LifeStage also allows you to tie it to syndicated survey data. So Personix is tied to MRI Simmons and to Nielsen Scarborough. So a lot of the advertisers use a persona like Jake, not from State Farm, but just Jake. And they'll tell you all the things about Jake, key questions that are these syndicated survey questions like, I want my technology to say, wow, or I want a car that's fun and active to drive. Well, Personics can tie that back to those survey questions. And then you can say, use Personics clusters 7, 8, 11, and 13. They over-index for these questions and they look the most like Jake. So that makes that data actionable and it uses LifeStage in the background to find the right people for the right products so that now Jake isn't seeing the ad for baby diapers. He's seeing the ad for a car that's fun and active to drive because that's what's important to Jake. So thank you. That's really helpful. And certainly, probably a lot, maybe even the majority of campaigns are to personas like Jake. But I'm sure that there are others that are very unique and that don't have such large audiences readily available. Nick, let's think just a second about custom audience recommendations. Do you have any thoughts on how oh, a data provider like, say, Axiom might be able to help with that? Just a few. So, yeah, I would say one of the, coming from the agency side, one of the biggest misses is not being aware that you can work directly with a data provider to figure out the ins and outs of any audience that you're even contemplating. So I think the first takeaway is just reach out to Axiom and let our data guru team do the work. They were all trained by Linda, so you're in good hands. But yeah, ultimately, depending on your KPI, we can ultimately build whatever you're looking for. When you think about what could possibly be available and you're sending RFPs out to different CTV platforms, there's a lot of unknowns as you kind of await proposals. But we're able to slice and dice any situation, pull levers to generate increased scale for data-driven linear, or if match rates are a concern across CTV, just providing more reach-based options that are going to scale for your campaign. So I think working with the data provider is key because you can just explore and size audiences more efficiently and plan for your upcoming TV initiatives, regardless of the tactic, just so you're more prepared and you can just keep your planning process moving. Yeah, what I love about the Data Guru team is not only will they take what you requested, right? Here's Jake, and I also have Sydney as another option. They'll come up with a third option for you, right? So maybe another tactic you haven't thought of yet or a twist on it. Oh, people who buy X also buy Y, like when I'm watching Prime and they tell me something else I should try. If they give you that little land yet, the little something extra to help you build up that scale or find another path to get to where you really want to go. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for, for mentioning that. Thank you both. I have learned a lot about the nuances of the, the different approaches uh, we can take now with TV, with connected TV, 
OTT and all of the other acronyms we have brought up. As our wrap-up question, what I really want to know is, last TV show you have both binge-watched. Now, I'll say billions. So I didn't used to have Paramount Plus. So now that I do, I've been watching billions. I think I'm in season three or four. So I'm still a little behind, but I've enjoyed it. It's my go-to when I can't find anything else. I'm like, I'll just watch it like three or four more episodes of this. For me, the fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. So just in time for October. It looks scary. Yeah, it got some interesting components to it, but it's definitely a good watch and one that's easy to binge. Uh, boy. Laurel? All right. Like you, Linda, I've got a show of when I don't know what else to watch, then I watch another episode or two. It's called The Midwives. Even though it's not a new show, I've bought season three. There are 12 out there. So I've got plenty of episodes before I run out. Always good to have a backup plan. Right? All right. Thank you both. This has been awesome. Thank you. Thank you.